Hello, my name is Asha, and I am also known as the Intuitive Wanderess. Welcome to the magical and mystical space where we dive deep into what it means to trust ourselves and follow our own paths. Join me as we manifest a life that meets our heart's desires, filled with abundance and fun. Hello, welcome back to another episode of The Intuitive Wanderers. I'm your host, Asha, and before I even get started, I really just want to take the time to genuinely say thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to what I have to say. Thank you for listening to my podcast, and thank you for all of your support. The intention behind creating this podcast was really a result of needing to share my voice, needing to express myself authentically without feeling ashamed, without feeling guilt, and just recognizing that I have a unique perspective that resonates with others. And hiding that is just a disservice to the world and a disservice to what God has created, which is me. So I'm super grateful to be in this space to share my thoughts and my perspectives to connect with like-minded people and just to have some creative fun i'm really really enjoying this so yeah thank you all right so let's get into today's episode i i'm gonna go ahead and say that this episode was inspired by a maybe half of the first episode of Squid Game. I don't know who's watching Squid Game on Netflix. Uh, It's trending number one on the top 10 Netflix playlist, I guess. And uh, I decided to give it a shot and try it out. (laughs) Not even gonna lie, not even to create any spoilers, but that first episode was a little bit too gory for me. I'll probably go back into it, probably not. But there was a segment between uh, the main character and his daughter that I want to discuss and use as the foundation of today's episode as it relates to learning how to trust yourself and having some understanding as to why you may not be able to trust yourself, okay? Um, This is going to resonate more if you identify as a people pleaser, um, a highly sensitive person, uh, very empathetic, uh, maybe even um, as a, a girl, a woman, that doesn't mean that it only relates or resonates to this category of people, but I just wanted to kind of start off with that. Um, this is going to also relate closely to home with my personal experience. So yeah, I hope you enjoy. All right, so in the first episode of The Squid Game, there was a scene where the main character, um, he, from what I can gather, he's terrible with money. He is um, constantly either gambling his money away, he can't keep it, and he has loan sharks that seem to be very dangerous coming after him. Um, And honestly, his level of um, worth as it relates to money is like diminished. He gets into this uh, opportunity where he can play a game for money and 
it results in him getting hurt pretty badly, but yet he still does it in order to get this money. That can definitely be a whole nother conversation on just um, self-worth and money, but we won't go there. So um, the money that he's trying to get is going to be for his daughter it's his daughter's birthday and he wanted to celebrate with taking her out to eat without having to worry about the prices or anything like that well um how how does this how does the saying go old habits die hard um he ends up getting a whole bunch of money super excited then he loses it all by the end of the evening so he ends up having to take his daughter to a um a restaurant or a street food place that isn't as uh, miraculous and beautiful and wonderful as he hoped. Also, the gift that he gives his daughter is something he got out of the vending machine, and that too was a pretty fail uh, of, a, of a gift. <laughs> so um, he's really trying his best. He's really just doing the best that he can. And the little girl I noticed would... I would see that she would compensate for um, her father's inability to provide or to meet her desires. And I just, I don't know, when I was watching it, it reminded me so much of just life and how a lot of us as adults experience these inner child woundings that have determined how we act in this world it has determined what we've attracted it determines what we manifest in our lives and it also just determines our quality of happiness and how much love we feel so I'm gonna break it down just a little more and we're gonna generalize away from the actual show and just go into um, this little girl and her potential desires so let's say this daughter has desires for um let's say she has desires for feeling autonomous right she wants to feel autonomous she wants to have this level of um this knowing that she can be independent that she's capable that she's confident that she has the self-esteem let's say she also has a desire to feel secure she wants to feel safe, safe to be herself. She wants to be in a safe environment physically. Um, she also wants to feel seen where she is heard by her caretakers, her parents, where she's accepted for exactly who she is, um, where she's acknowledged, where she is chosen. She also wants to feel connected Socially, she wants to connect with her caretakers, her friends, her family members. Um, she wants to establish and embrace the love that's in her heart and that she wants to experience from those people around her. And she wants to experience intimacy. Being that she's a child, her intimacy may be receiving hugs from her parents, um, feeling safe, laughing, being loved, uh, feeling warm, feeling calm, having a, a safe space emotionally and mentally. So these are the desires that she has. And 
is expecting from her parents or her caretakers. Then the daughter doesn't feel or recognizes that the parent isn't providing or meeting these desires. So going back to the episode uh, season or episode one of Squid Game, the little girl was told by her father that he was going to take her out to this nice restaurant. It seems like this is not the first uh, birthday where he has not met her um, desire for feeling safe, for feeling secure. And it seems like she's pretty accepting of it. (laughs) Um, But I could imagine that the daughter does not feel good when the parent doesn't provide. So even in the scene, you can notice when he was like, oh, I I wanted to take you to a nicer restaurant. She goes on to say that her stepfather took her to a steakhouse, so it's okay. And she can see the disappointment on her father's face. Not the disappointment in her, but the disappointment in himself for not being able to provide. From that point on, she ends up responding in a way that makes her father feel good by saying it's okay well I really love this food that we're having mom says it's junk food so I'm glad I can be here to have it with you um and I just thought it was really fascinating because she ultimately dismisses her feelings of maybe anger frustration disappointment sadness uh confusion those feelings are dismissed so that she can run to the rescue and to take care of her father. So going back into just the flow of how this works, the daughter sees her parent as the only source for these desires. And I'm saying this from a perspective that's very unconscious. Um, The daughter or the child sees the parent or the caretaker as the only source for these desires, these desires to feel safe, secure, seen, loved, connected. And as a result, because this caretaker, this source cannot provide the child with what they want, they find creative ways to channel the love and to repress these negative feelings. Because ultimately, what's more important, having my desires met or being loved, which is, which almost feels like the highest desire. Well, I wanna be loved and I only have these parents. I came into this unique world and these are the people that have been with me. My first ability to see, you know, if I'm hungry, they feed me. They give me either a lot or the bare minimum, but I'm surviving because of them. So you don't want to lose that. So you're going to do, as a child, we do whatever it is that is necessary in order to keep that, to keep the love and to keep the survival. Even if it means we're no longer going to feel autonomous, we're not going to feel secure, seen, or connected with these caretakers, with these parents. So as a result, we find ways, creative ways to keep the love flowing and repress the, what we feel are negative feelings. So some of those things can be 
if we think about the example in this episode, um, she started to overcompensate. She dismissed her feelings um, and she became very vigilant um, on her dad's expression, right? So she saw his expression and she decided to let him know it's okay, like to reassure him, it's okay, I'm still happy. Um, so hypervigilance is actually a, a huge effect of these kind of scenarios, especially for children who um, want to keep a state of flow and happiness. So when you have a parent who is not aware of how they're coming off to the child, that child has to pick up the cues in order to keep balance, right? Um, some other things would be settling or accepting less than what you desire. So when you accept less than what you desire, it's to say, well, I can't feel secure, but I can still receive love from this person because they are my only source. So I guess I'll just have to accept that I won't feel secure with them, but at least I'm loved. Um, you know, other things that can happen are just deflections. You start to deflect from how you're truly feeling. You start to repress that and that now becomes a shadow, something that you can't necessarily see. And it's something that you choose not to acknowledge and embrace. Um, isolation. Isolation is another example of what happens you feel like I can't fully express my anger or frustration or sadness or disappointment with my caretaker because my caretaker is my sole provider for love and survival and I don't want to stir that up. So the only ways that I can find some level of relief is to isolate myself from them so I no longer have to balance this. I no longer have to be the person who doesn't get what she wants, but has to overcompensate in order to receive love. Um, and then also it becomes, you just simply stop asking for what you want. So this child stops asking for what they want. Uh, when their dad or mom says, whatever you want, I'll get it for you. And you already know their patterns. You already know that they're going to disappoint you. You kind of just lean back. No, whatever. It's okay. Whatever you want to do, that's fine. <laughs> right? Um, so ultimately, the daughter has to accept less than what she truly desires. Right? So that she does not lose love. Now, how does this inner child experience affect your ability to move as an adult, your ability to trust yourself, your ability to manifest the life that you want to live? Well, in this example of this child, perhaps this girl grows into a woman and she starts to believe that in order to receive love, she has to trade in her desires. She cannot receive the desires that are in her heart, that are innate to who she truly is, without losing love. So she finds a way to deal with this by meeting the needs and desires of other people, right? And it usually is at the expense of sacrificing her own. 
So this is what it looks like when you have um, a people pleaser, right? You make it your effort, your purpose to please other people because you have already accepted that your desires cannot be met. You have already accepted that people are going to disappoint you and people are going to fail you. And that by you asking for what you want, you're simply just putting yourself in the crossfire to be disappointed and to lose love. So it's better to almost meet that need of wanting to be pleased by doing it for other people, right? Because you become so good at it. You've been doing it since you were a child. You've been doing it since you were a child with your parents, um, you've been doing it as a, since you were a child with your teachers, with your um, caretakers, with your friends. So you are well seasoned at pleasing other people. And pleasing people is not a bad thing, but too much of anything is obviously not the best. And when you're at a place where you're pleasing others, and sacrificing your own pleasure, your own satisfaction, your own well-being, then that categorizes you as a people pleaser. Um, You also become highly sensitive, right? You are so sensitive to rejection because it's something that you do not sit down with. You don't allow yourself to acknowledge that you have felt rejected in your life, that you have been disappointed that you have um, felt anger and frustration with people that you love and admire the most. Because when you do that, it just, it completely confuses your mind, especially as a child. How is this person or these people, ultimately they're my God. They are God. I'm here because of them. So how on earth can I be unhappy How can I be disappointed in them? How can I express anger to them? Because when I have, I've been punished. I may not have been punished physically, but the the look on their face has has made me feel really sad. Um, So you become very sensitive to other people's reactions, which another way to put it is you become hypervigilant. You become very anxious at how people will respond to what it is that you're asking for, what it is that you say, how it is that you show up. So you may find yourself dimming your light a bit. You may find yourself thinking you're too much. So let me calm myself down so that this person feels more comfortable. Um, You may find yourself not wanting to experience confrontation. Confrontation seems closer to life or death than it does to another person. Um, And it's because you are so good at picking up people's reactions that it's, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming and the best way to control the situation is just to make sure that other people around you are good and you'll deal with you later. Right, Um, Which then brings me to my next point of being dismissive to your shadow side. So the way I look at your shadow side is it's basically the parts of you that you do not feel are acceptable 
it's the feelings and actions and desires that are considered negative to you or maybe to the culture that you live in, your society. Um, if you feel that people will disapprove of your feelings, then that could become your shadow. Um, that feeling of anger that feeling of frustration it's like oh those are bad feelings i'm not supposed to feel those so yeah of course there's balance you you shouldn't have to be in this space of feeling angry and frustrated all the time releasing cortisol in the body creating all of this stress and dis-ease in your body but there are situations where it is fair for you to be angry. It is fair for you to be disappointed and sad. And when you have this inner child wounding, you may not allow yourself to experience that in a healthy way so that it can pass through you. And instead you just repress it and it stays in your shadow but it starts to show up in different ways maybe it may show up in being highly irritable with people maybe it may show up in your desire to isolate yourself even more it may show up in ways where you become very introverted in ways that you you almost feel like you only have the safety and sacred space if you are alone because no one else is going to understand you. No one else is going to validate you, support you, or allow you to express this um, without making you feel guilty, without making you feel wrong. So yeah, I mean, it's a lot to take in from that episode, <laughs> but it really resonates with me because this has been my experience. My experience of being that good girl, that's, you know, that's another effect. Feeling like I have to be the good girl in order to keep control, in order to make other people feel safe. I have to suppress parts of me that are very natural and very, very much of who I am, right? And, you know, I don't think I'm the only woman out there who experiences that. And um, I know that a lot of the aspects of me that have been, um, a lot of the aspects of me that I truly enjoy, I've learned to see them in two ways. It is who I am and I get to embrace it. And also I've had to question and say, Am I, am I this way because I am feeling disempowered? Am I this way because there's still inner child wounding that doesn't allow me to fully express the full span of who I am? So I'll go back into an example of um, introversion. I, for those who know me personally, I have a very, I like to think that I have a very outgoing personality. I'm very... Um, I wouldn't consider myself to be shy. I'm very open. I love to connect with people. And at the same time, it has also been shared that I, while I'm very open and I make other people feel very good and comfortable, people don't always know a lot about me 
or they have not been able to dive deep with me. Um, And that's not for everybody. You know, it really depends on who you are in my life. And from the outside, that can look good. You know, she has firm boundaries on who she is and what she'd like to share. She protects herself, which is good. And um, overall, she has a good head on her shoulders. She knows what she's doing. She knows who she is. And she doesn't owe anybody an explanation. That's the light version of it, right? But the dark version of it is, hmm, perhaps there's parts of her where she fears intimacy. She fears that if she expresses herself fully to people that they may judge her, they may try to make her wrong, they may try to take away her autonomy, make her feel um, as if, like I said, she's wrong or she's silly or she's naive. Um, So as a result of that, she, and I need to stop talking to myself like I'm third person, but (laughs) she ends up, um, excuse me, I end up leaning a little more towards my introverted side. The side of me that is like, you know what? I love being around people, but I am not feeling seen. I'm not feeling accepted. I'm not feeling like I can connect and still keep my autonomy. Um, and, and feel secure. So I'm going to just be introverted. I'm going to not hang out with my friends as often. I'm not going to express who I am. I'm not going to express my quote unquote negative feelings with others because I just want to keep the peace. Right? So that has been my experience. And it's been a little, I don't want to say tricky, but it, it goes in waves because like I said, the part of me that is introverted, that's a little mysterious, that's a little um, distant. I love those parts of me. I enjoy who I am and I don't want to share parts of me unless you've earned it, unless I feel safe and secure. So I find it very valuable. But for the times that I am in a uncomfortable situation, that flight or flight fight or flight for me is becoming introverted, right? That fight or flight for me is being that people pleaser. That fight or flight for me is dismissing my feelings for the benefit of another person. So when I started to realize that, I was understanding that, no, it was never my parents' fault or intention to create this inner child wounding. I have a true belief that we are all on a spiritual journey and it's really to see that no one outside of you is your source. So the desires that are genuinely in your heart, they are meant for you. They are meant to be realized. You are meant to manifest them. And you are also meant to realize that no one outside of you can stop you from realizing those desires aside from you you have to recognize that you are source they say you are made in god's image anyone and everyone can take that as they see fit for me i look at it as i am a direct descendant of god of source of the source that has created all that is 
that source is within me, within my heart. And the more and more that I connect with that part of me, and the less that I rely on other people to meet my desires, the happier I feel, the better I feel, the more empowered I feel, the safer I feel, right? So it's just, I don't know, it's really interesting to me um, because I think we get really caught up in blaming others, you know, especially with your parents. It's so easy to blame your parents for why you are the way that you are. My personal opinion is you chose these people to be your parents before you even came into this physical form. So there has to be a bigger purpose for this. It's not just for you to blame them and now limit yourself from experiencing the freedom that is your birthright. It just doesn't make sense to me. And I can try and pinpoint the times that my parents or my caretakers have not made me feel secure or seen or connected or autonomous and I can blame them. I can I can hold on to those experiences or I can realize that those experiences, they showed up exactly as they needed to show up in that moment so that I could be here and that I could recognize who my source is so that I can recognize that I am love and everyone is truly a reflection of me. And I can heal others and heal myself by finding compassion, finding acceptance, forgiveness for myself, forgiveness for others, because ultimately to be healed is just to choose to take on your power. Healing is not a, I'm going to spend 30 years trying to heal the trauma. No, I don't feel that way. I feel like healing yourself is making a choice. It's making a choice to say, everything is here to serve me. Everything is, is happening for me, not to me. So I don't know. I, I, I'm going to be turning 30 on uh, November 14th, God willing. And I have just been experiencing shifts and transformations as I'm coming into my own, as I'm releasing the parts of me that have simply been byproducts of my own wounding. And I'm feeling fucking amazing. I'm feeling very powerful. I'm feeling very radiant and exuberant. I feel strong and I feel happy and I feel hopeful. Um, it also allows me to extend so much love to my family, which is anyone and everyone who's listening, anyone and everyone who has taken care of me, anyone and everyone who has um, been there for me or who has quote unquote hurt me. I extend so much love to you because you have played your part perfectly to show me who I am, to empower me. 
And for me to take this step and to continue to take the step to empower myself and to shine my light, that is the most beautiful gift that could have ever been offered to me. And I happily and joyously accept. <laughs> I accept. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to end with that. I hope that this episode was helpful to you. I hope it allows you to see yourself in more of an empowered state, in more of an empowered state. And I'm also just once again grateful for you all holding space for me and listening to my experience. All right, well, we'll end with that. I hope you all have an amazing day, an amazing October, and stay tuned for more. Take care. Bye.